here with Sam Guzman, and uh, you are the creator and editor of the Catholic Gentleman's blog. That's right, yes. And we had you on some years ago. We both can't remember exactly when, but uh, <laughs> just wanted to ask you, I follow you on Instagram, and I love the quotes and things, and what is your, your goal with the blog? Yeah, well, I think the primary goal is to inspire men, to draw men to love and embrace the Catholic faith, to love and embrace our Lord Jesus Christ and follow him with all that they they are and have. And, um, you know, I think you look at our culture, there's all kinds of media influences, advertisements. The average American sees around 4,000 ads a day, mm. promising them different things, promising them happiness if they just buy this one more product. Well, if I can just inject into that stream of impressions mm. a different message, a message that uh, holiness is what brings true happiness. Um, mm. The relationship with our Lord is what they really are longing for yeah. um, and, and uh, counteract some of those other messages that they're receiving thousands of times a day. Um, I will consider that success. Right. And I think, you know, most people would consider like the age we live in, you know, one of our achievements is not like a good Catholic gentleman <laughs> or a good gentleman even. Right. And I noticed like on your Instagram, you have a, a lot of black and white photos, maybe from wartime or older images. And, um, but what is, uh, like, what do you see as virtues like that a culture can promote, even like independent of the faith that a gentleman should have? Yeah, well, I, I think um, one of them is uh, courtesy. I know that that is something that's kind of, uh, it's kind of elbows out in our culture. Um, me first, look out for number one, mm -hmm. uh, take care of yourself. Um, especially among men, there's just kind of a, 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 an attitude of uh, dominance, you know, fight your way to the top. Right. Um, but, you know, what courtesy really is, 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 you know, and manners go along with that, is it's ritualized respect for other people, mm. honoring, acknowledging their dignity um, in, in small ways often. Sometimes it's mm. in big ways, but usually it's in small ways. Um, it's, it's using that, that masculine strength to show honor and respect to others. And I think that's a virtue that anyone can develop. Yeah. Um, but I think as men, we, we, we can definitely get to a place where we're far more civilized, where we um, see someone struggling with their bag, you know, and we help them out with that. Mm. Or, or we, you know, open a door, not because a woman can't open a door for herself. Of course, a woman is strong mm. enough to do that on her own. But it's an act of honoring and, and respecting her feminine dignity. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's something anyone, uh, especially in these times, can develop. Yeah, yeah, courtesy and uh, yeah, even a certain, yeah, gentlemanliness about it that um, is oftentimes missing in our culture. You know, I remember, um, I'm not a golf player, but I had some friends take me out to teach me the game. And I was, and this was like very, it's like a public course, really low end, but I was like blown away by the courtesy, the etiquette of golf. Yes. And I thought it was beautiful, actually, because like, yes. you're doing something powerful. You know, you're swinging these big clubs, hitting this ball as hard as you can, driving it and all this kind of stuff. But it's surrounded to protect and it's competitive. So you got like strong forces at play physically and competitive aspects of it. But the courtesy is just great to bring guys together and be able to interact in a 
peaceful way that's mm-hmm. you know, it's recreation and uh it seems like our culture definitely could use some of that you <laughs> yes <know>? yes <laughs> but, yeah but like on the catholic sphere of things um in particular to men how does the catholicism help them if you look if you think of like you mentioned strength i mean i would talk about leadership to certain leadership gifts that a, a man has how does the Catholic religion help form that in them? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you go to any Catholic church, the, the answer is usually fairly prominently displayed, and that's a crucifix. Uh-huh. And, and I think that um, you know, many of the saints tell us, and in, in, in St. Francis de Sales specifically said, you know, the cross is a school of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and St. Maximilian Kolbe tells us that um, love lives on sacrifice uh, mm-hmm. and without sacrifice there is no love and i right. think that's really um the heart of of the the gospel message is sacrificial love that gives life mm-hmm. that redeems that breathes life into others and i think it, as men in our culture again the, the, what's the exact opposite of the selfish arrogant you know dominant man that just looks out for himself and no one else well, the exact opposite is Christ. He, you know, he yeah. showed us that true power is found mm-hmm. in laying your life down for others. It's in washing the disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. It just turned their whole paradigm of power and, and love upside down. They wanted him to be the boss, the alpha mm-hmm. male, you know, the one mm-hmm. who was uh, going to defeat the Roman Empire and you know, lead the Jewish people into battle and be the glorious Messiah. And he says, no, you know, I am going to wash your feet. And if and I want I'm doing this as an example for you so that you can do the same to others. That sacrificial right. love is at the heart of manhood and it's at the heart of our Catholic faith. So I think as men, what the Catholic faith gives us is is the example of Jesus Christ. And we can all live Eucharistically. Uh-huh. What does that mean? You know, this is my body given for you. And I think that that is um, what is at the heart of our faith and, and few other religions you know, emphasize that in the same way. You know, if you look at like Buddhism, it's all about liberation from suffering. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about escape. Um, and, and other religions follow kind of a similar thing, but it's it's all about, it's all individual. It's all about me and my salvation. Right. But in Catholicism, we realize that we're saved by giving ourselves, by laying our lives down. And, yeah. and that's unique. Yeah. Yeah, and that giving builds the communion of the church. You know, builds up the mystical body of Christ. You yeah. give of your gifts, you sacrifice mm-hmm. and... And it seems like too, like today, men are, you know, part of our weakness is I think kind of the energy, the vitality we have, the drive can just be spent on ourselves and our own pursuits and pleasures, hobbies. And and if you don't have a marriage culture that really proposes marriage in a beautiful way, encourages it, expects it of you, you know, that it's, it's an easier path, right? To have the bachelor life, and yeah. the promiscuous life yeah. and have that fun. So, and it seems like, I, you know, it seems like to me, it's like both genders suffer, obviously, in, a, in our culture in different ways. Yeah. And, but men, I, I think women suffer, my opinion is, you know, if their greatest joy, happiness, and gifts are utilized and flourish in marriage, 
having children, nurturing children, and those intense relationships that a family has, you know, that's their sweet spot, especially for mm -hmm. women. And more or less, we're, less people are getting married. And so I think they're hurt that way, deprived of marriage. And men are like, it seems like we, we're hurt, beat up that we're not even like striving and, you know, less guys are going to school or getting the degrees or they're just checking out. And I like opioid addiction, the 40s and 50s yeah, year olds. Yeah, it's yeah. like this soaring rate of opioid addiction, you yeah. know? And they're not getting this, you know, more women are getting advanced degrees, more women are in medical school and lawyering and stuff. And, uh, and men are just seem to be checking out in so right. many ways. Yeah. But is that what you see or? Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, as, as men, we've been told by our culture that our masculinity is illegitimate, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you see this especially in schools with boys, you know, yeah. girls are held up as the standard, you know, they're academic achievers and things like that, and they can sit still in a desk for eight hours. It's very hard for a boy to sit still in a desk for eight hours, right. you know, and they just have that natural energy and yeah. restlessness and things like that. But, you know, what? oh, that's like almost like a disorder now. That's like pathological, you know, like call it ADD, call it, you know, ADHD or or, you know, some right. other disorder. Um, and uh, I just heard about a new one, like executive function disorder or whatever, <laughs> where it's just like, no, it's actually just called boyishness, you know? And yes, you have to discipline it and yes, you have to challenge it, ch channel it, I should say, in a, a, a healthy direction. But, but basically what we're saying is it's a disorder, put them on powerful drugs to neutralize that as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. Um, your manhood is bad. If you pick up a sword or a stick and pretend that it's a sword and you want to fight with it, oh my goodness, that's right. like, that's sick. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and no, 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 no. That's what God, God made men. But as our culture, we've been told that it's like toxic. Toxic masculinity is masculinity of any stripe, you know. And, and if yes, men can behave in toxic ways sometimes, absolutely. Right. Um, but manhood itself is not toxic. And... Um, and and it's, it's very harmful to men to be told that over and over. And I think that's why we see a lot of men just kind of checking out, just like, you know what? You got nothing for me to do? Forget it. You know, I'll just waste away and, and you know, yeah, just you know, be addicted or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. And what about, I, I know um, there's a lot of talk, and I think it's so true that you know, men need other men and role models. And, um, you know, a guy might not have that growing up for whatever reason, but, you know, if maybe he's older, he can get like a mentor friend or something. Do you write much about or have post articles much about that role of how men help form other men? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think mentorship is is huge and a friend of mine uh, recently wrote a wonderful book called uh, Leaving Boyhood Behind, but it's all about how um, boys transition from boys to men with the help of other men. And I think that it's something that we need to rediscover and learn how to do in our culture. I think that, um, you know, boys especially, they need fathers in their lives. And if you look at the rate of fatherlessness in our culture, it's through the roof. I mean, I think uh, the statistics is like less than half of boys have a, a, an in intact home with a father and mother in the picture. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, I think the, the rate is actually like 20% or 26% of families are intact now. Mm-hmm. Um, father and mother have been married. Now, maybe dad's still in the picture somewhere, but he's, you know, it's visitation or something like that where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fatherhood has been seriously damaged in our culture. And as a result, uh, the statistics also show that, you know, rates of criminality, dropping out of school, you know, uh, sexual promiscuity, things like that all increase as fatherhood breaks down. So I think the first role model that we need in our lives is fathers. Uh, and, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a dad, your father, your role as father is not secondary. It's not something you do one one or two hours a week, you know, in your, your spare time. It is mm-hmm. essential to your identity as a husband and, and father, and you have to take that role with dead seriousness, uh, or your children will suffer. Um, and I think so many men get wrapped up in their career and achieving and, you know, and again, being the best, the top dog. Yeah. Um, they neglect their families, even if they are, you know, still married or things like that, you know. But no, your children are and your marriage are your priority. Everything else just supports that. So, mm. yeah, I was talking to, uh, I belong to a prayer group that has a, a therapist in it, and and I know her and her husband and... And she told me that she just sees in like raising her kids how her husband just does the discipline so much better. And she said yes. she just thinks it's better for everybody exactly. <laughs> if she lets the husband step in in the teenage years, especially, you know, to yes. to handle that discipline and strength. And and I, I think even though you can't say it on Oprah or something, but there's something in women I think that want. The men to oh, utilize yes. those gifts of strength and discipline. It's like a vicious cycle because uh, the more women tear down men, the more men check out. But the more yeah. they check out, the more women disdain them for not standing up and leading. And it's yeah. it's a real toxic, uh, you know, uh, dynamic in our culture. But yes, women do want that. They do want mm-hmm. strong men. And I, I was actually puzzling over the fact the other day that I have a lot of women readers, and I was asking somebody like, "Why do you? Why do you think I have so many women readers?" Because it's like you know, thirty percent of my readership or something. And and um, they were saying, "Well, because women want Catholic gentlemen. They they are attracted to that ideal. They're mm-hmm. attracted to a man who knows what he is and what he's about, and when he knows what his vocation is, and he's a man of virtue and integrity. I think every woman wants that deep down." They want a protector. They want a provider. They want someone to to lead them. And I don't. And it's yes, that's terribly unpopular to say in our culture <laughs> today. But but I'm saying it. Yeah. What are some of the practical tips? Maybe you got like maybe a young guy might be listening to this. He's in college. And what are some? I know we talked about. And I, I think that service model is, you know, always to put that forward. Be a servant. Whatever situation you're in, how mm-hmm. can you serve? How can you lay your your gifts? at the feet of some larger community or person or the weakest. Um, but like even like just being a gentleman, what are right. some practical tips? Sure. And I think part of it is um, developing those gifts that God has given you to their fullest extent. I think that God has given, well, I know that God has given us all unique giftings and abilities. And that looks completely different uh, for different people. You know, mm-hmm. but, but some people may be very physically powerful and strong mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe they're an amazing athlete, mm-hmm. you know. Well, by all means, be the best athlete you can mm-hmm. be. Be, a, you know, be an example to your teammates. 
um, of, of a virtue. And yes, yeah. a sportsmanship yeah. and, yeah. and uh, fair play and things like that. Um, if you're in the business world, I mean, there's, there's so much competition in the business world, mm-hmm. so much cutthroat, you know, uh, dog eat dog kind of dynamic in the business world. But be, a, be different. Be a mark of contradiction to that. Be a man who, yes, is the best businessman he can be, but who also respects, you know, respects the dignity of others and is not that ruthless, bloodthirsty, you know, mentality. Like, you know, you look at our culture and there, there are businesses that are different. They're closed on Sundays, you know, and they're, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, you know, different than other right. businesses. They right. respect people. And guess what? They're flourishing. So yeah. be an example like that in, in whatever place God has called you to be. Uh, if you're a musician, be the very best musician you can be for the honor and glory of God. Um, we all have different giftings, but I think what separates, you know, a, a lot of, uh, of um, ungentlemanly men from those who are gentlemanly is that ungentlemanly men, they're just, they're not well developed. You know, they have yeah. no sense of, 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 of dignity and self-possession. Um, they, they don't develop those, those gifts and then they fall into, you know, laziness or, or acedia as the desert fathers would call it. Um, just this kind of a malaise where they, they languish. Um, so take those talents, gifts that God's given you, use them in the best way possible. Yes, for the service of others, but also make sure that you are um, responding to God's call and, and developing those uh, in, in the best way that you can. So. Now, I was listening to, uh, I went through this productivity tips podcast, you know, productivity podcast. Yes. I started listening and uh, I've got a, you know, they talked a lot about time management and, and these were like, they weren't talking about the faith at all. But I was surprised how a number of them talk about like business models that incorporate like altruism, mm. like giving. Like this one guy I remember talked about, like on occasion, he'll just buy coffee for the guy. He'll leave money for the guy behind him in line at yes. Starbucks and just to get in that habit of giving and they were talking about building customer base and getting people's respect yeah, and everything. Yeah. But I think for even for them, it was deeper than that. But yeah, I thought, and I think, you know, men can, I, I've got like some older men friends that are kind of mentors for me, they're laymen, but man, do they give me good advice and things and talking about dealing with people and stuff that, you know, I think, you know, if a guy is on the lookout for how can I help others around me and share some of my worldly experience of being in the world, you know, with a younger guy that's trying to make it, that is so powerful. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. develop yourself so that you can then develop others, you yeah, know, and I yeah. think you look at like these, these wise older men, they've, yeah. they've, they've had experiences, they've They've been through it all. They've seen it all. And right. then they can use the, the wisdom that they've gained from that experience yeah. to help younger men grow and develop. And, and a lot of times having a mentor like you described, is, it's almost mm-hmm. like a form of a, a, a shortcut. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've, they've been through experiences, difficulties, challenges, and they share that wisdom um, with younger men so that they don't necessarily have to go through those same experiences to gain the same wisdom Right. Um, but if you're a young man, be humble enough to listen. Yeah. I think among young men, there's kind of a disdain for those who are older, you know, right. and, and just, well, I only care about what my peers think. I mean, that's so mm. foolish, though. I mean, just there's so much that we can learn 
by kind of submitting ourselves to the guidance and mentorship of those who have gone before and who have learned many valuable lessons. Yeah, and I, I heard one, um, was his name Stenson? Have you heard of that guy? His last name was Stenson. I can't remember his first name, but he, he wrote some articles about masculinity. I think he wrote a book about the boys and things. And, and I remember he talked about the role of the father as like the, the child has his closest with the mother in the early infancy years, early years. And then the father's role kind of comes into play greater when it's time to introduce him to the outside world. And I heard Dr. Meg Meeker say this one time too, that some women, and she was one of them for a while, she said, didn't want to let go of the child. But she realized it's best for the child that she yeah. kind of stepped back a little and let dad teach him about the big bad world and how to navigate it right. a little bit. You know? right. And uh, so I, I think you had to encourage men and say, you have a role. And I think even secular studies show this. And I think it's coming into play in the argument against gay marriage. It's like, you need a mother and a father, and they bring different gifts yeah. in the raising of children. Yeah. And to encourage guys, hey, you have this gift, you know, to, mm -hmm. to help your child in this way. So Yeah, yeah. And I mean, just looking at my own children, yes, the ma my wife, her, her whole dynamic is protect, preserve, <laughs> safety, you know, security. <laughs> And, and I'm like, you know, push, challenge, <laughs> encourage, you know, uh -huh. and, and it's, you know, even everything from, you know, going down the slide at the park to or whatever. And it has to be done in a loving way, of course. And there's mm -hmm. been many fathers who've been too harsh about it. But obviously, you know, your kids are going to be scared. They're mm -hmm. going to feel their limits. And that's a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. um, but what, you, you know, fathers have a unique ability to encourage their children, especially their sons to push through that discomfort, to push through that fear of that insecurity that they have when they're separating from safety, when yeah. they're separating from mom, and, and they're facing a challenge or something unknown, and there's that anxiety. But a dad, it can like nobody else, he can say, you can do it. Right. Take the plunge. You, yeah. you know, I'll be right next to you all the way, but you have the ability yeah. to do this. Like That's yeah. so empowering for kids. And then you know, you know, they timidly step forward and they do the thing, and they feel that rush of confidence. I did it, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And but dads can do that. Moms just want to keep them close, keep them safe. <laughs> um, and, and that's that's a beautiful thing yeah. in and of itself. Kids need that attachment to yeah. grow and flourish. Yeah. Um, but they also need to kind of step out into the unknown and face those fears. And dads can help them do that. Yeah, you know, I remember being a kid and. Uh, and we were went to the lake to visit. My dad had a work friend that was camping out like in an RV at some lake, and they had a boat. And um, so we went one afternoon on a weekend to visit them. And I remember we went water skiing. And I remember my brother and I just kind of got out there and did it. You know, we just popped up on the skis. And without it probably wasn't our first time, but uh, with no real experience. And I remember my dad was like, he said, yeah, I said, you guys just got up there and did it. I mean, he just like encouraged us. He wasn't like a great encourager, my father, but yeah. I remember some times when he did it and uh, it was like powerful. Yeah. It's like, man, that, it like goes into your soul you yes. know, to strengthen you yeah. kind of thing. But, you know, I, I like to praise too, like in, when I see kids around here and with their families and, and maybe the kids running around, but he just like a boy, he's got like this, oftentimes this vitality, you know? And I always, I try to like 
almost encourage that in them. Yeah. And I know it could be a huge problem, you know, running around all the time. But, you know, I also maybe try to throw some word in there about, well, you know, you use that for good, you know? And yeah. we've got this, this, this little guy here. He's, I don't know how old he is. He's probably like seven, eight years old, but he's taken up rock climbing. And you can see, and he's like the best in his family at it. And he's starting to get little muscles and stuff. Yes, yeah. But, and you can see he's like so proud of this, you know? Right. And I just want to say, man, that is, and I try to encourage him. You know, that, that's great, a good thing to do. And and I think guys oftentimes, for whatever reason, like they get the message of toxic masculinity. But, you know, like they're given, I think men especially, they're given this gift to cultivate until the garden of Eden, you know, and they're right. placed there. I mean, Eve as well, but Adam especially is to go into that that bad world. You know, he names the animals. He's got this dominance over creation to make it, to set it right, to guide it, you know? And and I think, uh, you know, we need to encourage that in men yeah. and all the chaos that's out there. Do you have some favorite articles maybe that generated the, a lot of response on your blog that you got a lot of feedback for? Or? Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's uh, um, one interesting one about... Uh, why Satan hates the Blessed Virgin Mary, but why men should love her, and it's um, it, it's done quite well. Um, there's also some uh, about uh, the family and how the family is kind of the image of uh, the Holy Trinity and um, that, that life-giving love and how it typifies that. And again, the importance of the Father in that dynamic. Um, and uh, there's also some uh, that, that are about things like uh, sacramentals like the St. Benedict medal or thing. I call it kind of like a spiritual weapons series um, that, that is kind of a perennial uh, uh, best best read article. Um, yeah. And uh, there, there's also um, some about, you know, the liturgy. There's really, I've read about all kinds of things, everything from prayer to liturgy to kind of practical tips. But um, yeah. there's some that come to mind as ones that have done well. What kind of tips do you give, like a, a busy dad working on prayer? Like how, how can he pray better? Um, did you say how how can he pray better? Yeah. Do you give like yeah. practical tips sometimes or? Yeah. Well, I think I think it first and foremost starts with intentionality. It's not just going to happen accidentally. It's not going to happen on its own. Mm -hmm. um, so be intentional about it. I am going to pray. Have I would say a a prayer discipline that you do no matter what, whether that's a daily rosary or praying liturgy of the hours, something that you do regardless of, you know, whether or not you feel like it. Um, but then also, you know, build in prayers that are more spontaneous, that are more, yeah. um, you know, natural, if you will. Right. Um, and and then also there's a there's a beautiful you know practice of prayer that um, you know is in especially in Eastern Christianity but also in Western Christianity where you repeat a prayer throughout the day whether that's just the name of Jesus or maybe it's the Hail Mary or maybe it's the Jesus Prayer Lord Jesus Christ Son of God have mercy on me a sinner but you just kind of repeat this prayer in your mind throughout the day whatever you happen to be doing and it just kind of forms like the background of your day. Um, and or maybe not it's maybe it's not even an all day long maybe it's just you're you're working on the computer you're working in the shop you know you're putting something together 
and you just, you know how thoughts pop in and out of your mind. Well, just cultivate the habit of saying the name of Jesus and then, or, um, or asking a saint for the intercession. Just these kind of, where prayer almost becomes part of, just part of the rhythm of your day. Um, yeah. So have a, have a consistent prayer rule that you follow. Um, that you do no matter what, but then also build in opportunities for more spontaneous natural prayer um, mm-hmm. throughout your day. Uh, so it just kind of forms the fabric of your day. Yeah. And then pray together as a family too. I think that's really important. Um, right. you know, together we pray a family rosary every day. And I think the kids love it. They've come to expect it. If we don't do it, they're very upset. You know, uh, at first they were resistant. Oh man, you know, we got to pray the rosary. But yeah. now they, they look forward to it and they really mm-hmm. like the ritual of it. And we light some candles. You know, burning incense, you know, or something, and, and they love it. It's it's very uh, atmospheric, and 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 um, it gets us all praying together. So, yeah, yeah. You mentioned the Blessed Mother and why Satan hates her and things. Um, I I mentioned this in a homily the other day about um, you know sometimes like you read our news, or you get on Twitter or something, and you hear about like a radical feminism saying this or doing that, and you. It, you know, it has this way of making us angry. But, you know, one thing that's helped me is, like, to see, like, to see Mary in all women, you know? And I, I think that, you know, like, men, I think, sometimes I think men actually find it easier to have a devotion to Mary than women sometimes. I've seen that. But that it, it almost, like, teaches us the respect that we are to have as men towards women because, like we think of our honoring and veneration of her that we can you know treat women not that level but <laughs> right you know to to help teach us how to treat women and to honor women yeah. and to honor their gifts yeah so i think yeah i heard someone say once that that men want to be like their fathers but they love their mothers you know there's just like this you know this That's there's good. this yeah admiration and respect for your father and of course you love him too Uh but you know like you when you think of you know comfort and safety and that that motherly compassion and tenderness you know like that's men just to have that special relationship with their mom you know i think we're all mama's boys at heart you know (laughs) but i but if you know the more you but yes the more you love that feminine presence the more i think that translates to all women and the respect that you have for them and and of course the you know the blessed virgin mary is 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 the ultimate example of womanhood fully fulfilled i mean she's the new eve as our tradition tells us and the scripture tells us um and and uh, that's something that you know uh, yes i think it's very easy and natural for men to love that feminine beauty that she represents um that 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 perfect you know full flowering of femininity that she represents and um uh, and yes it, it translates to other women our respect for them um but yeah i think I think a lot of people um, uh, 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 underestimate the power of the Blessed Virgin Mary because she's, you know, has unlimited power and yet complete obedience and complete humility, um, and and I think that um, we can all learn something from that as as, as Catholics and Christians, um, but but also as men, I think men want to be powerful. You know, yeah. they want to, like I said, they want to be they want to be kind of top dog, and yet. To the true power is in obedience and in humility, yeah. and uh, Blessed Virgin shows us how to do that in a graceful, uh, graceful way. Um, that 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 uh, we kind of absorb the more we learn to love her. So. Yeah, it could temper our strengths, our efforts, and things, and 
soften it in a good way, you know, to humanize it. Yes. You know, yes. all the all our activities and and yeah, I mean that I try to preach that all the time. It's like, you know, she's the model disciple. She's the high point of creation. Yes. And it's like, what did she do? I somebody pointed this out saying, you know, she didn't at the Annunciation, she didn't say, Okay, I'm gonna do this for you, God. What she said was, Let it be done to me. Yeah. According to your, uh, it was like that that humble surrender. Yeah. You know, and there that's the model. I mean, to let God work through us, to live by His power and grace, mm -hmm. and uh, we need that witness in our life. And it even the effect on our religion as a whole, it takes away the harshness of it. Yes. So, uh, that the fallen tendency to be too harsh. You know, right, the right, presence right. of right. of Mary can be there. So. Yes. And I guess we could maybe end with St. Joseph. You know, I've, I recently had some prayers answered by St. Joseph. I've always, you know, cloistered nuns, Mother Angelica is our founders. We always were brother-sister community with the cloistered nuns, and we've always had their, their influence on us. And nuns absolutely love St. Joseph, like a level you can't imagine, you know. <laughs> and they, I think they've taught us that kind of devotion. And I, so I've always prayed to St. Joseph and stuff, but recently I, I had some, some dramatic prayers answered by him and they got my attention, you know, that yeah. how important devotion to him. Yeah. Do you ever write about that or yes. teach about that? I have several mm -hmm. articles on St. Joseph and how he's a yeah. model for, for us as men, um, you know, and I love, you know, we were just talking about obedience. And I think, you know, you, you look at St. Joseph, um, and the angel came to him in a dream and, you know, he's like, abandon everything and, you know, take her into Egypt. Mm -hmm. and, and, and and we think, well, if an angel told me to do something, you know, I would do it right away. But not necessarily. I mean, think about how terrifying that would be when you have this, this woman and this child completely dependent on your care to uproot them and go mm -hmm. into a completely foreign land where you maybe don't even speak the language. Mm -hmm. You're starting completely from scratch probably sleeping yeah. by the side of the road, you get mugged or robbed, you know, it would have been terrifying. But he said, yes, immediately just obeyed. Um, yeah. and, and also his, you know, that silence that, that um, you know, again, that, that uh, kind of self-possession that he had where it was more uh, what he did um, than, than anything that he said that is right. significant. Uh, and that care for the Blessed Virgin and, and for our Lord is just, uh, an example for all of us. He was present in their lives. He wasn't off conquering the world somewhere, um, you know, abandoning them at home to kind of fend for themselves. He was there. He was caring for them, and uh, and I have no doubt that he was deeply involved in in Jesus' form, you know, formation right. as a young man, right. teaching him, you know, carpentry and things yeah. like that. And um, so he's a, he's a wonderful example for us fathers. He's as workers. Um, there's yeah. a beautiful prayer to Saint Joseph, a worker by Saint Pius X. Yeah. Um, and um, so, I, yes, we, we, we can all learn from St. Joseph. Yeah. And, and he's, he's answered some, some amazing prayers for me as well. So <laughs> he's a great intercessor if you, if you need something. Right. So. Well, thank you, Sam, so much for talking with us. It's been great. Well, thank you.